I'm the fantasy pharmacist, and I'm prescribing you championships. Thank you for tuning in to the very first uh, waiver wire episode. I'm releasing this much, much later than I wanted to, so it's really the uh, procrastinating fantasy players waiver wire episode. But seeing how it's the first waiver wire, I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of you who kind of forgot that Tuesday night is waiver wire night. Um, so that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast so late. Um, just to give people that last minute reminder, but also uh, with you know this being my first time, my first full week of both working and doing the podcast and things, um, it's the or you know for the active season, uh, it's going to take me a little while. Well, hopefully just one week to figure out how early I need to do these um, so that I you know can still have a job and a life and try to do this podcast. Um, So sorry it's coming out a little late, but hopefully you still find some value in it and you are able to listen to this before you have already done all of your waivers. Um, And if not, sorry, I'll try to get it done early next week. I will give you a fair warning that there's not as much research in this as I would like to to have done with it in the future. Like I said, I'm having to do it last minute tonight anyway and getting it out late. But I still feel, felt like it was worth it to get out what I have to say just so that um, it can kind of be out there. And like I said, to help any of you all who might have forgotten. So let's get into it. The waiver wires, I'm going to go through these all pretty quickly so that you can get this in without listening or spending too much time listening to it tonight. Um, look for the timestamps in the episode description if you want to jump right to the position that you are looking for. So we're going to start with t- or quarterback, then running back, wide receiver, tight end and since it's so late and it's early on in the season I figured I wouldn't do defense since hopefully you already had a plan of how you were going to use your defenses in the beginning of the season so for the quarterback then again you could say the same at all these positions for the quarterback hopefully I'm gonna we have nine to go over really quick the first four I figured are already taken in most of your leagues but if they're not you definitely want to pick them up Number one being Matt Ryan. He's going against Dallas this year or this week. Matt Ryan uh, just has so much volume. He's going to be throwing so much this year. We saw it in week one. We'll see it again. That's why he was my third quarterback, uh, or yeah, third quarterback, or sorry, fourth quarterback ranked preseason. Number two, I'm looking at is Aaron Rodgers. He had such a great game in week one. And he's also playing Detroit next week, which has a terrible secondary. All right, well, it's an improved secondary, actually, from last season and what we saw in week one, but generally a bad defense. Number three is Tom Brady going up against Carolina this week. He didn't have a great week one, but still solid enough, and Carolina's defense is bad enough that I think he'll be a great streamer if he's not taken up yet. Plus, he'll just be solid throughout the year with all those weapons. I think he'll improve, and to this first week against the tough Saints defense is probably one of the worst weeks he'll have. Maybe not one of the worst weeks, but I think he has a lot of room to grow, and he will. Number fourth is Gardner Minshew, if he's still available. I know he's going up against a tough defense in Tennessee, but I just think he's going to be throwing so much this year, especially with the loss of uh, Leonard Fournette. So I love him for the entire season. That's why he's kind of in the separate tier of the first four. But again, you probably have all of those people taking or already off the board in most of your leagues. So I have another five to go through really quick. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, who's playing at the Jets. The Jets team is terrible. Um, 
So I think that he'll have a lot of short fields with a great um, 49ers defense. Plus, he might get Brandon Ayuk back this week in the lineup, which would help him have a little bit more options in the passing game. Plus, it's the Jets. Number two off the board, I have Tannehill going up against Jacksonville. He didn't have the strongest showing in week one, but I think they're going to have a little bit easier of a time against this Jacksonville defense. Um, And, yeah, he still has the potential to you know, be that very, very great quarterback that he was last year. Number three I have, surprisingly, is Mitchell Trubisky against the Giants. The main reason I have this is I don't think Trubisky is going to be great throughout the season. I think his week one is going to be an outlier. But the Giants' um, defense is not great, and they have a good defensive line and a not great everything else. And with the Bears, I you know, they're going to have some trouble running the ball against the Giants' defensive line anyway. Plus, with their running back core not being great, um, currently, and I think they're going to be passing a lot. So for this week in particular, I do like Trubisky against the Giants. Four, I have a Stafford against Green Bay, just because I don't love this Lions team, but similarly with uh, the recent injuries they've had to their running backs, I think Stafford is going to be throwing a lot. I think Green Bay is going to be putting up some points, so they're going to have to throw even if their running back core is ready to go and is great. Um, yeah, so I think Stafford, that's more of just a volume, if anything. Plus, throughout this whole season, I think they're going to be chasing points and having to throw a lot. Even with Kenny Galladay being injured, um, he's still solid. If Kenny Galladay being injured throws you off Stafford, there's also Teddy Bridgewater, who's going up against Tampa Bay. And, um, yeah, again, I think that this is just going to be a more high-scoring game. So I think Bridgewater is going to have to be throwing a lot. I don't know how much they'll be able to run against this pretty grid, or pretty great Bucks defense against the run, um, but their secondary is a little subject, so that's why Bridgewater. So in review, the the top nine in order, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Gardner Minshew, that's the first four, and then the bottom five, Jimmy Graham, Tannehill, Mitch Trubisky, Matt Stafford, Teddy Bridgewater. Going to the running backs, we have, again, the first four I have are people that should already be on teams but just in case they're not Naheem Hines he's you know with the loss of Marlon Mack he had a great game he's going up against a terrible Minnesota defense he should be great Tariq oh sorry James Robinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars got every single one of his team's rushing attempts Um, he's he's going up against Tennessee which is not a great matchup this week but anytime a running back gets 100% of his team's carries that's a pretty good sign they could sign Devonta Freeman here soon though so you know Take that uh, with as much risk as you will because I think there's a good chance he ends up going to Jacksonville. So we'll see how long that James Robinson 100% rushing attempt share will hold. And again, this Tennessee defense is going to be a lot tougher than what he went up against last week. Joshua Kelly, um, he's going up against Atlanta this week, which isn't the best matchup, but if he's involved in the passing game and just involved in the in this offense as much as he was in this first week, which I think there's a good chance he is. I wasn't a huge fan of Melvin Gordon preseason. Um, I think he's going to be great. Have him as third off the board. And then Tariq Goen, again, all four of these guys should be off your board most likely, but figured I'd include him. Anyway, he's up against the Giants, similar to Mitch Trubisky. I think they're just going to be tossing a lot. And I think throughout the whole year, um, Cohen's going to have his role at least carved out a little bit even though he didn't have quite the week one that we might have wanted him to then I have 11 more or sorry 12 more running backs I'll talk to I'll try to get through these very quickly like I said um, Malcolm Brown is the next one off the board you might be shocked that he's not in the first four but again I just figured that those first four were probably already taken 
Um, I might take Malcolm Brown. Actually, I would probably take Malcolm Brown over Tariq Cohen. Mm, I'd probably take him over Joshua Kelly. Yeah, I would. I would take him over... I would not take him over Naheem Hines. And I would take... Yeah, so I would actually be taking Malcolm Brown right after Naheem Hines. Benny Snell I also have going off the board after Malcolm Brown. And I would actually probably take him as well over those first four. So it's Naheem Hines, Malcolm Brown, Benny Snell, and then uh, James Robinson, Josh Kelly, Tariq Cohen. And then I have Adrian Peterson. I know he's older, but I, he, uh, you know, he was having a great training camp for the, the Washington football team. Um, and he had a great first week with the Lions. I think they're still going to need to use him, especially with the recent injury to... Oh, wait, I keep thinking... <laughs> I keep thinking that Swift got injured because of how bad he was at the end of last game, and I just keep hearing, oh, no, Swift, oh, no, Swift, and I keep thinking in my head he's gone for some reason, but he's not. Um, but I still love Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, he's a great talent. I think he's going to be involved in this offense, so I would actually take him next off the board. Then I have Devonta Freeman. I I would just like to take that chance because it could be very interesting where Devonta Freeman goes. He might get a lot of balls. I don't have huge expectations for him, especially not early, but somebody worth stashing away if he's available. Number five, I have Chris Thompson. Now, he had absolutely nothing to do with the Jacksonville offense, but I just find that so surprising. The other thing to think about is this Jacksonville offense was in a good game script this week, which I don't think they're going to be often. So I think when they're not in a good game script and they are playing from behind a lot more, Chris Thompson is going to be more involved and James Robinson is not going to be as involved. Um, Sorry, actually, before I am taking Devonta Freeman, I completely forgot and skipped over Miles Gaskin. He got the most carries for the Dolphins by one carry over Jordan Howard. Um, that's just another interesting person. He's, he's got a game against Buffalo this week, which isn't a great matchup, but I think he might be able to earn that starting role, and it's always good taking a chance on somebody who could be the starting running back and the lead back for a team. After Gaskins, or sorry, after Chris Thompson, because I would take Gaskins before Thompson. I would take Gaskins before Freeman. And I... No, I would take Adrian Peterson over Gaskins, though, actually. Number six, I have... Actually, no, I wouldn't. I would take Gaskins over Adrian Peterson, but not over Benny Snell, of course, or Tariq Cohen. All right. Keeping on going. Daryl Williams I have next off my free agent... Or off the uh, waiver list. Um... He's just in case Clyde Edwards ever goes down. It would be amazing to have the backup to have the lead back in Kansas City, and I think that's going to be Daryl Williams. So he's just a nice person to stash if you have absolutely, you know, a worthless person on your bench just sitting there. Um, J.D. McKissick I have after Daryl Williams. Now he didn't. He was also not heavily used in the Reds or sorry the um, the football team's offensive scheme, but. Uh, it was kind of an odd game script for the Washington football team. I don't expect them to be as dominant as they were, um, especially on defense every game, just because this Eagles offense was so banged up. Um, so I do think they're going to be playing from behind a little bit more, even though they were playing behind the entire game for the most part. Um, they, they, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the same kind of game just because their defense was so dominant. Um, 
but he he did get five targets jd mckissick did he only caught one for one yard but he still got five targets so it's not like he's not going to be a part of the game plan that's why i have him um on the list at all after jd mckissick though then i have all of the san francisco sorry not the san francisco all the new york jets um, running backs starting with Frank Gore now Frank Gore you could have a lot higher obviously if you did not hear Lev Bell got injured so um, one of these backs for the Jets should be pretty solid Frank Gore is going to be their you know first and second down back pretty obviously that's what he was used for um, when Bell went down uh, you know Frank Gore at this point hopefully I don't think he's going to be amazing but he'll be serviceable if he gets the touches however Josh Adams actually came in and was the main um receiving back in the game and I think that's actually the position of value for the New York Jets here um the only reason that I would not have Josh Adams higher than Frank Gore or even higher on the list because it would be very nice to get the pass catching back in the Jets just because they're always going to be playing from behind and they don't have a great offensive line um but P Ryan is also technically on the Jets he was injured last week so that's why he didn't see the field but I do think it's going to be a combination of Frank Gore Josh Adams and P Ryan which why I'm not which is why I'm not very excited to get either any of those three if there's anyone though I would probably get Josh Adams just because he's currently healthy and he was the receiving back last year Um, I'm not so excited but for him but um that that's where it is and then at the very end i have peyton barber for the washington football team just because he got into the end zone he's going to be used um and they're going up against arizona this week so i think the football team is going to need to be able to put up points to match this arizona defense arizona doesn't have the best defensive line however so i think the washington football team is going to be able to run on them at least a fair bit um so you know if you are absolutely as absolutely desperate for a running back that's the uh 12th one on the list so again in order of who i would take i have naheem hines malcolm brown benny snell james robinson joshua kelly Tariq cohen adrian peterson devonta freeman or sorry uh, miles gaskin devonta freeman chris thompson daryl williams jd mckissick frank gore josh adams p ryan I believe it's LaMichael Pirine, and then Peyton Barber. Going to the wide receivers. Um, the first off, again, the first six are people that should probably already be on a team. Um, it's hard for me because I haven't found a good way to figure out the ownership of all these players on different sites. Um, hopefully I'm able to find that information fairly easier next time I try to do this. Um, but the first wide receiver I have off the board is Jamison Crowder versus he's going up against the 49ers. I think he's just going to receive a ton of targets in this Jets offense, especially with Bell going down now. Next, I have Cole Beasley. He's up against the Dolphins as well. He's on the Bills. He's the second um, receiver for this Bills offense. And I think that's just a position, as we've seen with Josh Allen, that could be huge this year. Third off the board, I have Robbie Anderson for the Panthers. He's going up against Tampa Bay. I think the, the Panthers are going to need to put up a lot of points this week. Um, and they sh- they s- showed uh, that they were very willing to throw to Robbie Anderson a lot in week one. Number four off the board, I have is Preston Williams. He is for the Dolphins going up against Buffalo. Preston Williams is one of my favorite preseason wide receivers. Um, 
he's going to get a bunch of targets. He got a lot of targets. He didn't get that many receptions, though, this past week. Um, he should be great. And like I said, in this Buffalo game, they're going to need to um, put the point somehow against this tough defense. And uh, I do think at some point they're going to be forced to taking shots downfield, and I think they're going to be having to do that all year long. Um, next, I have Deontay Johnson. Now, he had a pretty terrible game. He got a lot of drops, but I think it was nine targets that he received, which is excellent. So um, with that much usage, even with a poor performance and a lot of drops, uh, he's worth taking a flyer on. Uh, and then Edelman, if he's still available in your league, if all six of these people are available, I think he's six next. Um, he had a pretty good week one. He's going up against Seattle, which is a very tough defense, but by necessity, I think he's going to be involved in this offense, and anytime he's on the field, he should be at least a solid, um, a serviceable player. Moving on to some people you might not have or should be available in a lot of your leagues, or, you know, it really depends. Um after those six, I'm taking Corey Davis. Um, he plays for Tennessee. Um, it looked like Tannehill was having some struggle or having some trouble getting it to A.J. Brown. It seemed like a big part of the defensive focus was stopping A.J. Brown, which I think a lot of teams are going to be doing um, after they stopped Derrick Henry. So Corey Davis could have a big year. After Corey Davis, though, I'm taking Russell Gage. Russell Gage is the third wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. I had a I was very tempted to take him in a lot of my leagues preseason, but I didn't. I wish I did more because, like I've, uh, you might have heard me say in the preseason or the breakdowns and stuff, that this Atlanta team is going to be throwing so much. Um, I like so much. There's a legitimate chance that they throw more than 700 pass attempts this year, which would be very fun. Um, and you want a piece of that offense. I do think Russell Gage is a great piece to have. And if Calvin Ridley or Julio goes down, Russell Gage is going to get even more targets um he's amazing definitely you want him on your bench um paris campbell is next off the board paris campbell for the indian uh, indianapolis colts had a great week one i wasn't the biggest fan of ty and i didn't think the colts are going to be able to move the ball very well this preseason and the or in the offseason just because they don't have many pieces um but it was tough because I really like this team with a good offensive line. I think Rivers still had it. I just thought they were going to run, 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 run. With the loss of Mac, maybe they threw a little bit more than they were planning to in the in the week one. But it seems like they found a very good weapon in Paris Campbell. So um, all of three of these players, Corey Davis, Russell Gage, Paris Campbell, are some of my favorite people off the waiver wire um, for the whole season, not just this week. Um, but he does have a good matchup this week. They're going up against Minnesota, and I think Minnesota has a terrible defense. Um, I think I ranked their defense uh, 24th this offseason, um, so expect them to be bad again. I don't think that week one was just a fluke. Next we go to Mike Williams. Mike Williams for the Chargers I think is going to have a great week. I, I also ranked him pretty high in preseason. Um, you know, this is a completely different Chargers team and he had a pretty solid week one. I think there's he haven't he has an even better chance of improving uh, week two against Kansas City. They're going to need to be putting up a lot of points to match this Chiefs offense, and um, there's only so many receiving options for the Chargers, and Mike Williams is a really talented dude, big-bodied. I think he's going to be a great piece in this offense all season long, work in the middle of the field. Next, I would take Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. Debo Samuel has just announced that he'll be out at least three weeks on the IR, and Ayuk might have, be coming back this week. If he does, 
that is going to be a huge piece for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense. They desperately need a good wide receiver, and Ayuk is the closest thing to provide that. Kendrick Bourne didn't do very well in his opportunity this week uh, as the starter, if you will, uh, for the 49ers. After Ayuk off the board, we have John Brown. John Brown for the Bills. I said it preseason, John Brown and Cole Beasley are not going away for the Bills, so he's a fine pickup if you need a good um, wide receiver to plug in. He's going up against Miami, so I expect a lot of points for that Buffalo Bills team this week. After him, I have Steven Sims for the Washington football team. Similarly, he got a lot of targets as the number two to McLaurin. He was actually, yeah, he was on the field at the second most amount, ran the second most routes, all that good stuff. And they're going up against an Arizona defense that's not too, too great, but more importantly, their offense is going to be putting, actually, their defense is pretty solid, especially um, yeah, they have a solid defense, but this offense for the Cardinals should be putting up points against this weak um, Washington football team secondary as long as the defensive line isn't too much of a problem for their own line. So I like the Washington football team's need to respond, hence Steven Sims. Uh, now I get to the Green Bay receivers here, and I know I have them probably further down on the list than most people want. If you want to take a chance on one of these two receivers, you're going to need to do it a lot higher than... Um, you know, 14th and 15th off the waiver board uh, as I have them ranked. But my problem is I just don't know for sure which one it's going to be between Lazard and MVS. I would say most people think it's going to be Lazard, and that's probably the better bet. But MVS had a pretty solid first year. He has a little bit more experience, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's um, either of those two guys. But um, they're going up against Detroit too, which has an improved secondary. Um, and I do think the, the Packers aren't going to have a problem running against them or putting up points against them generally. So I don't know how much Rodgers is going to need to throw this week. Um, but, you know, it's always good having that second uh, wide receiver in a good Aaron Rodgers offense. And it looks like we're going to have a good Aaron Rodgers offense this year, at least, you know, that's what we saw in week one. So, you know, why would we expect anything else? <laughs> I guess, I guess we could call that potentially an overreaction by me for this week. Cause I, I didn't love this Packers offense before the season, but that might've been a mistake. All right. And then finally, the last receiver off the board I have is Scotty Miller for Tampa Bay. He was having a good connection with Tom Brady in preseason in the training camps and things. And, um, and it looked like that connection went through into week one. He didn't have a huge week, but if that develops throughout the year, it might be nice to have Scotty Miller, especially in case Evans has a terrible year or even him or Godwin or someone gets injured. You know, like I said, he's my last wide receiver. So one more time in order. Um, well, it's, it's kind of a weird order because I, I kind of separated them by who I think was already probably taken on, on in leagues and not, but um, generally Jamison Crowder, Cole Beasley, Robbie Anderson, Preston Williams, Deontay Johnson, Julian Edelman, and then these three I might take earlier, Corey Davis, Russell Gage, Paris Campbell, and then Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, John Brown, Steven Sims, Alan Lazard, MVS, and it's Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and Scotty Miller. Finally, for the tight ends today, again, I didn't really have time to look at defense, and hopefully you don't need them at this point. If you haven't gotten, uh, or if Dallas Goddard is still available, please, please, please pick him up. Um, even if you don't need a tight end, it's not the worst idea to have. I had him as my 10th tight end ranked preseason, and if you watched any of that Washington football team Eagles game, you know why. He's amazing. They're going to use two tight end sets all the time, and he was great even before all this Zach Ertz contract stuff is up in the air, which I'm, I don't think is that big a deal. I think... I don't know if they're going to like 
get a deal with Zach Ertz, but I think he's going to be fine, be playing on the team um, unless they trade him, which who knows if they're terrible and they want to start rebuilding or something. I don't know. Maybe they will. Um, TJ Hawkinson is my next off the board. He's just going to see so much usage this year, I think, with this Lions team, especially if Kenny Galladay is not good to go for this week against the Packers. Number three I have is Noah Fant. Um, similarly, I don't love him season long as some of these other guys, but until Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler come back ready to go and Jerry Judy steps up, he should be a very nice piece in this offense. He's going up against Pittsburgh this week, so not a great matchup, but Pittsburgh is weak in the middle of their defense where... Denver might have to capitalize uh, this week on offense. Hunter Henry is the next off the board for the Chargers. Similarly, it's a new team. We're going to see where they need to send the ball, but they need to send it somewhere. Hunter Henry is a great target for that. And they're going up against Kansas City, so they're going to be throwing. Next I have is Jared Cook. I love Jared Cook uh, season long, especially with Michael Thomas not being super available. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. He's now, he's definitely their best downfield receiver. Um, so I might even have him higher with the Michael Thomas news. And then I have Logan Thomas for the Washington football team. Again, a lot of these tight ends are just because they don't have other pieces in their offense for the for the quarterback to go to. And we saw it in week one. And a lot of these pieces, um, or some of them are injury-based. Some of them were just necessity-based. And Logan Thomas is one of those guys. He, uh, you know, if he has a great year, it'll be his first breakout year but he has great ability and the um, Washington football team is going to need to send their targets somewhere Logan Thomas could be that dude finally I have Austin Hooper after him with the injury to David Njoku there is a chance that Austin Hooper has a lot more receiving uh, yards a lot more targets a lot more receptions they might get involved in this offense more and they're clearly going to need to do something I'm not going to put that week one um, too much against them though because uh, just that Ravens defense could be so good. So we'll see. I'm not I'm not selling on the Browns quite yet. I want to give them at least another week. So in, in review, that is Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Logan Thomas, Austin Hooper. Again, sorry for getting this out so late. Um, hopefully I went through this as quick as you can and you can find some good information for someone you want. Um, stay tuned again for the rest of the week. I'll be doing a lot more of the game predictions. I will be spending a lot more time on the prep work and hopefully getting that out a lot sooner and um, you know a lot more researched than just these generalized ideas are with all these players. But again, um, kind of went through it quickly, but hopefully you were able to keep up with it and have an idea if you kind of were waiting until last minute to do these waivers. All right, have a good night. Thank you for listening. Peace out.